Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And good morning, everybody. Um, You're listening to another edition of Business in Black. Uh, This is Danita Harris, your host here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Join with our amazing co-host, LaTanya Hughes down in Miami, Florida. And it is Thanksgiving weekend. And um, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of turkey, a lot of cranberry, a lot of everything going to be happening for the next week or so. But we're going to be here today talking with you about in your, you know, when you come out of your Thanksgiving coma, uh, about uh, how to build visibility for your business. Right. Um, so today we really wanted to concentrate on the how to, because a lot of people ask me this question and they ask, uh, you know, they think that opening a business is enough. And it's just simply not enough. It's like they've watched Field of Dreams and it's, uh, if you build it, they will come. Wait a minute, yeah. say that different. If you build it, <laughs> right? How will people even know what you build or where you built it? Right. Like how, how do they know where it is um, and how to do it? So we're going to spend some time helping you understand how to build your brand visibility, how to build your brand up so that people take notice because even more so, right, than 1950, you have so much more competition because you're dealing with the globe at this point. And if you haven't realized that in business, that you're in a global marketplace, then you probably should push the pause button on your business and go back and do a little bit more research because people from all over the world will have access to you through your website or through the marketplace in which you choose to post your product. So keeping that in mind, uh, because I know sometimes I'll go to certain online uh, marketplaces and I'll purchase something not knowing it's coming from a foreign uh, country. And so you just need to be aware that the world is infinitely small, as infinitely large as it is, and that people can see you everywhere, which also means they can see your competitor. So what are you doing to differentiate yourself? Right. So that's what I decided we were going to delve up this week and chop it up and, you know, see what we come up with. I think it's going to be tasty. Not as tasty as your mama's fried chicken or fried turkey, but, uh, you know, pretty tasty in here. So let's get right into it. And um, so what is brand visibility? What do you think it is, Dr. Hughes? I think it's just how um, you position your business. And um, it's a reflection of, um, you know, your company values, not just your products and your services, but it's a consistent message of who you are and what you are projecting and what you are offering. So it's everything from your colors to your, um, you know, your company culture to, um, you know, whatever your slogan is. And um, it's it's a consistency, though. It's, it's not just I'm going to slap a label on something and put it out there and every six months or every three months or every three weeks it changes, but it's really understanding what you who you are as a company and communicating that um to the world i think that's very accurate um because it's everything it's the life of the company it's it's and people i don't think people understand this as much as they really should so i'm gonna I'm going to read the technical version of that definition ver- via marketing91.com. Uh, brand visibility is the single most powerful message that a consumer can receive. 
And the message says that this product is good or service is good and you can trust this product. That's a pretty profound statement. Yeah, I like the point about the trust because at the end of the day, um, people do business with people they know, like, and trust, but at the same time, can I trust this product or service? And I think how you communicate it is is how you build that trust. And again, it's, it boils down to consistency. If you if I keep seeing the same thing and it's consistent, then it's more I'm more likely to trust the brand than I am a brand that's consistently changing. Because if you're constantly changing, change is hard for people. Very. And it's scary. And it's like, okay, now if you're if you have a culture of nothing but change, that's different. But you have to communicate that from the beginning that, you know. Don't expect to keep seeing the same thing. Now I can trust that. Oh, I can trust this brand because I know that this brand is always going to change because they have a company culture built around change. But if you don't communicate that, and now every time I turn around, you're rebranding yourself and rebranding yourself and rebranding yourself. I'm concerned. And that doesn't make me want to trust you, which means I can't, I'm not going to give you my money. Well, I think if they're continuously rebranding, something is wrong because what was wrong with the, you know, most people's brain doesn't work that way. They can't take that much volatility in the brand because there's no consistency, right? There's no measure mark. That's like saying, I'm going to change the mile from a mile to now equal 1.3 miles. And we're going to call that a mile, right? Or an inch is now 1.5 inches. And we're going to call that an inch. So there has to be some level, like you say, measure of um, foundation. I like as your brand and especially starting out, like especially out of the blocks, out of the gate, because nobody knows who you are. And this is like the third or fourth show that we have mentioned. You have to be careful because people buy from who they like and trust. This is probably the fourth show we've been able to integrate that statement into because it's so pivotal. If you have not received the book, if you have not bought the book, uh, it is the holiday season. So go ahead and do yourself a favor, buy yourself. And and Mr. Gittimer does not pay me at all to plug his books. I just think he writes very well. He writes very easy for people to grasp what he's saying. And he has very profound and helpful information. And his name is Jeffrey Gittimer. Um, and the book is uh, The Little Teal Book of Trust. And it talks about how to build trust into yourself and into your brand. I have not written a book on trust. So I have no problem pumping his book because it's going to help you build your business and build your brand. And it's going to help you build your brand visibility. Coming back to this um, definition... But- Quick point oh, though, people may be able to find it in ebook because I have a couple of his books on my um in my Amazon account on oh, okay. a, a ebook. So check it on ebook because I have his little book of sales. I have a couple of other books by him in my actual um Amazon reader. So you want to check to see if it's on online because he may have some of his books are in an e read uh e reader format. Oh, well, that's great. You know me. I like the the hardback in my purse. Old school, honey. Old school. Yeah, old school with the highlighter and everything. I got to write in my books too, though. I don't, I don't, honey. It's not the same in ebook, but I'm in a new era. Yes, yes. Yeah. So brand visibility is, according to market marketing91.com, the single most powerful message that a consumer can receive about your company. What is your saying about you at this very moment. Everything from what Dr. Hughes mentioned, your logos to your colors to all of that stuff. She's right on target because that's all what I did during my show prep of research and and looking up other stuff, stuff from my um, 20 years of experience of building businesses have tried and true um, consistently seeing the same message um, pushed out there by different sources, including us. So this is information you can definitely trust, that we're not going to tell you any information that is just helping our pockets, but it's going to actually help yours. Because while you take into consideration all of these different, um, these different, uh, 
measurements that we're going to lay out before you on how you can incorporate different things into your company, um, you'll really hopefully drop us a line or email us or something and let us know that it helped you and it worked. And you can do that, by the way, on our Facebook page. Um, You can go to Business Intelligence and Business Intelligence Coach, I think it is, on the the Facebook page. Um, And you can, you know... Let us know if any of this stuff helped you at all. So uh, the what is it is out of the way. Um, So now let's get into my favorite portion here. Uh, A little bit about some statistics. I need like a theme song of statistic time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't you love that? So according to entrepreneur.com, brand visibility is everything that you can share, read, seen, be seen uh, from logos to tweets to slogans, photos, posts, and ads um, that those are all comprised into what your visibility reach is. And, and having those all in a, one accord builds that brand consistency. So I think that's a great place. We're going to um, take a break real quick and we are going to come back and delve a little bit dig, um, deep, uh, dig ooh, a little deeper this morning into what that consistency looks like, because it's a lot more than just, oh, you take a photo and we're good or, oh, you share a post and you're good. Um, trust me, this is going to be a very meaty show and um We're talking about how to build visibility for your business, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And business and this is a weekly podcast. Podcast, good gracious, what is going on this morning? This is a weekly <laughs> podcast where we talk everything business from starting, growing, building your business, uh, helping you to succeed. And um, today we're talking about how to build biz- how to build visibility for your business, how to build that brand visibility. Um, and as we defined in the first um, have part of the show, brand visibility is the single most important powerful message that a consumer can receive and the message says that this product is good or service is good and that you can trust the product and we've often talked about how you have to build yourself up to be an authority but also a trusted source right people want to do business with people that they can trust not people that they feel like they're going to get one over on so in service. If that means that you're selling um, marketing services, then you're actually going to give people something of value. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, and this happened to me, that people pay for a marketing company to come in and help them. And I'm, you know, I've been doing marketing for a long time. And uh, it's like, okay, maybe they have something different. Guess what? Sometimes there's nothing different under the sun. And you pay these people who proclaim to be the world's greatest slice of bread and they're not. And then you're left feeling like, well, that was a waste of $300, $1,500, $15,000. And so we're trying to help you understand um, all the tricks in the, of the trade that you need to, to get so that you can implement a lot of this stuff yourself in your own company. Um, not to push back from people who do marketing services, because I still do them for people, because sometimes people just aren't creative people, right? Um, but um, you need to understand. I think that's what happens, right? If you don't understand the process and the product or the, the, the way business flows, people can come in and take advantage of you. Exactly. So that's what I'm trying to help um, prevent is that you have some knowledge on what really needs to be done. I was telling Dr. Hughes the other day that I paid someone $300 to do a logo for me. I think I was telling you this story. I've told you this story. I paid someone to do a $300 logo for me. I took it to my trusted other source that only charges me $19. And he was like, you can't use that logo. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, because it's a stock image. Look, I found it. And I was just so like done, like $300. So I've never gone anywhere else. Um, And so I'm more than willing to give that resource up $19logos.com because they've treated me right. I trust them. 
they build um, great uh, logos and I, I like, this is all about a show that of people that you can trust. So we named Jeffrey right. Gittimer, um, now $19logos.com. Um, and so we'll keep going. Um, so let's talk about what I shared um, just a minute ago. Entrepreneur.com says um, brand visibility is about what you can share, read, and be seen from your logos to your tweets, to your slogans, to your photos, posts, and ads. You want to build a consistent brand. This is my biggest pet peeve on people. They will start a business and then all of a sudden you'll see their personal stuff showing up on their feeds on social media. That is not your business. Matter of fact, um, and I keep referring to her because it was such a great interview. If you didn't hear it, it was the um, How to Write to Build Your Authority with Catherine Story, Storing. And she is the um, a writing authority on the show. And she was talking about how she had to redo her social media because she was starting to creep in like little things that were personal into her business social media, which is a huge no-no. Um, so if you're, you're, you're posting stuff about your food and you're not a food person, but you're a mechanic on your social media, get a personal social media. And I know it's a lot, but or don't post <laughs> one of the two. I think people uh, get it a little bit confused because they see um, public figures or they see uh, athletes or actors doing something similar because they feel like, okay, it gives people a sneak peek into their life. But you have to understand there's the difference. Um, people like that who are public figures or who are uh, people of influence or, or who are in a, that's a different brand, that's a different uh, career field. That's the different industry. And so they do that because it builds credibility to them so people can feel like they can identify with them. Because now if I feel like I can identify with you, then I'll go and support your movies and I'll go and support your, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think people have to understand that when you're in social, when you're using social media, um, there's a difference between public figures or actors or people who are in entertainment and what they post versus an actual business. So like, um, if you're a jewelry business or you're in fashion, okay, like she said, food may not be appropriate unless you're saying, my inspiration for this piece right. came from this. Yes. So you have to put context on that thing. Or, you know, if you're in a family photo, then you need to say, rocking my XYZ while I have fun with the family. You need to put context on it. Otherwise, Correct. it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So you won't, you won't see T-Mobile posting pics of food. If you go to T-Mobile's uh, Twitter, you'll see them go live. You'll see this. You'll see that. Same thing with Southwest and some of these others. Why? Because they're focused on their actual business brand, but the individual people who work there, they have their own and they do that. You see what I'm saying? And even, you know, I think as people figure out what their brand is, they understand. But if if you're just getting, getting started, do some research on some companies who have a similar product or service and see what they're doing and take away the, the do's and the don'ts because it makes a difference. Cause if it, it does make a difference, if people don't understand, how can they trust you? Right. People that. have to understand the method to your madness. It can't just right. make sense to you. So right. keep that in mind with it. So it would be appropriate for a target to have food because they have a cafe. Right. Wow. So, you know, make sure it makes sense to, and if you don't know, ask friends. <laughs> That's what well, uh, entrepreneur, I'm reading an article on entrepreneur and it says a consistent voice and tone so that your brand is conveyed in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Talking about building a, cons- a consistent brand and it says upbeat, heartfelt, homespun, sexy, or even comical, depending on what you're trying to convey. Right. So it says clearly Louis Anderson and Kendra Wilkinson are conveying different messages in their personal brands and the voice of their postings or tweets will differ as with those for Chuck E. Cheese and Oracle, which is what we just right. said. Right. Just knowing, knowing what to say and how to say, because just like this, you have two people who are entertainment, Louis Anderson and Kendra Wilkerson. They're in the same industry, you know, they're, 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 but guess what? They're conveying the, what is, what's for their personal brand. So what they communicate is the same, just like Kathy Gilford and, you know, or even taking news media people. 
You know, Rachel Maddow mm-hmm. is not the same as Anderson Cooper, which is not the same as, you know, anybody else. So that's, I think you just have to understand that it's, it's still different. It's all different. Well, and part of that is understanding who your target market is. Exactly. So understanding who you built the company for, as well as who the company is reaching because you might have built it for, um, that's a, the story of Diane von Postenberg, where she originated, for those of you, she's not a new sensation. She's been around the block for many, many, many moons. And I'm saying Sorry. many, 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 many moons. So she was back in the 60s yes. um, with her original collection. She has an amazing story. If you've never read it, go online, research her. Um, long story short, she came back triumphantly in the late um, 90s. Uh, early 90s and and really started surging in the late 90s. And then um, where she was building this brand, because she had a very loyal brand following back in the 60s, and she thought she was coming back to that brand, and it actually ended up being the granddaughters of that brand. So where she thought the store doors were opening to her original um, people, it was the granddaughters and daughters of those original um, consumers who found those dresses in the closets of their mothers and grandmothers and loved them. And now that, that became her biggest target audience. So who she thought she was targeting to really was not, it was the sub target market. So just keeping all of that in mind. I think that's a powerful message because Uh it teaches you that your market will shift at any given moment. You have to be willing and able and, and to embrace that shift and shift with it. Otherwise, you know, because what you think is going to happen may not happen. That's but right. When somebody embraces it. You have to embrace them back. What are you going to say? Get out of here. These clothes aren't built for you. You know, I built right. these for somebody else. No, you're going to embrace them and then start to tailor around that consumer market. So mm-hmm. the one interesting piece on here I did want to highlight. So our consistent photos. So we talked about, you know, how everything has to be consistent, but let's talk about photos real quick, real consistent photos. First of all, good photos. So if you don't know how to take photos, hire a professional to take them. You can find them online. You can get a Groupon for a photo session and have your products taken, take them to that photographer, take them to their studio and have them build you a message and a story around your products. Um, You can go on um, well, I, I suggest Groupon. Why not? Because they're really inexpensive. I don't know how the pricing is there in Miami, but I know here in New York they are. So go on Groupon and get you a good studio session and pay somebody to take those. You can invest in a photography studio equipment, whole gamut, whole outfit, whole setup. But if you don't know what you're doing, leave it to the professionals. That's I the same thing. Yeah, I think another route too is if you have a photography school. Oh, yes. Where people are are investing in themselves and they need stuff for their portfolio, you can get, you know, go to a school and because they need projects. They do. For their portfolio and for their assignment. So that's another way. It's not saying that it's going to be free, but it's, it'll be, you know, budget friendly mm-hmm. for those who need budget friendly options. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, you know, you want to think about that as well. So, you know, I know we've, we've done, um, you know, intern, you know, you, a good way to get employees is internships, you know, to see, you know, to kind of help with that. But this is a good, a good way to do that. Go to schools. If you have, a, you know, photography schools or anything in your area, try that. That's another way too, especially it's if the group option the area is not expensive, mm-hmm. but there's a competitive, especially if there are competitive schools in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will tell you, don't go on Craigslist and hire anybody from Craigslist. I don't care if they're a student or whatever. Please don't go on Craigslist mm-hmm. and hire any of these people who are having, who provide options for low budget or inexpensive photo shoots. Please don't do that. Go to a reputable place. Yes, because it's too much. Yes. There's there's accountability measurements that are held on a Groupon. Exactly. um, Or at a photography school or whatnot. So the other part about consistent photos is not just 
um, how well the photos are stylized, how well the, the, the clarity on the photos are, how well the, uh, the whole ambiance of everything is, but it's, what you're doing with those photos. Do you have an old time feel to them? So the filters now that are going on those photos, stay consistent. If that's your brand message for the season, because brand messages can change, right? So if that's your brand message um, for the season or for the first several years, keep that same filter. Don't go filter crazy because you found a new filter and you're like, ooh, I like that. Everything should look like one cohesive package. Mm-hmm. So keep those things in mind as you're taking good quality photos. Um, the logo should be easily identified. And this is one I struggle with business owners all the time. Please let logo people do what logo people do do. Mm -hmm. We sometimes, business entrepreneurs, get in our mind this logo that we want and it's so complicated and intricate and this and that. And it ain't easy to translate from one media, i.e. computer screen, to another media, i.e. coffee cup, t-shirt, pencil, pen. So, I've found working with many entrepreneurs, I love you all, but they have these huge ideas of what this logo and people like that. You get like 30, maybe it's even three seconds that people will glance at a logo and keep it moving. You want it something as simple as the Nike swoosh. You want it something as simple as the Shake Shack burger. You want it something as simple as the Target for target. So you don't want this convoluted, difficult to see. Is that a what? Is that a huh? And um, you don't want that message out there because it will confuse people. And when people are confused, they turn away and go to something that's simpler. So please use the KISS method on your logo and keep it simple and easily identifiable. I think one of the major things is be willing and open to feedback from professionals, from people who have done it. Yes. Um, sit down and talk with them. I mean, it's okay. Invest. I think it boils down to investing. Um, and again, you can go to, if, you, if you're budget friendly, go on Groupon. Or if you've got schools in your area, these, you know, these people need projects. Sit down with someone who can... And, and, and explain it. If we live in the age of Google. Go on Google and start picking, you know, showing if you can't articulate it, go on Google and show the picture. And then they all know, they know the technical terms. They know all that stuff and they can say this will work and this won't work and they'll tell you why. And then they can help you figure out an alternative so that you can still have your vision, but your vision again can make sense and will be transferable to different types of media like Ms. Terrence was saying. And you don't, ha- you don't always have to sacrifice everything for your vision, but you want to make sure that it, you know, it's something that, again, can cross a lot of different lines. So be willing to take the time and be flexible to you know, talk with people who do this for a living um, or who want to do it for a living and can share valuable information with you so you're not... Six months down the road, rebranding. And another six months down the road, rebranding. It saves you time and, again, helps you build that trust by doing it right from the beginning. And when you do it right from the beginning and you have something that you love, it's going to make you feel better about your business, about handing business cards out, about talking about your business and all of that. And we are getting down this list. I promise you, it's just so much really good information on this show. Um, We're talking about how to build visibility for your business, how to build your brand visibility for your business. You're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Alrighty, and we're back. We're um, this is Business in Black, a weekly podcast that we talk about uh, everything business related, from starting, growing, building 
successfully endeavoring in uh, your business. And today uh, we're talking about how to build visibility for your business, branding visibility for your business. Um, So the first half hour of the show, we talked about what brand visibility is and just started really talking about some of the, the details that go into building that consistent, uniform message. Um, And so we left off with talking about an easily identifiable logo. And we'll quickly go through the rest of them. Um, um, But I think the two of consistent photos and the logo and the message. So the message would be the slogan or tagline that you're using. So if um, you were seeing this like I am, uh, Dr. Hughes in the back of her has all of these great um, uh, statements of... um, success on her wall behind her, one of those actually could be uh, her logo or her tagline, but it has to stay consistent and it has to stay the same. You don't want the message one day to be um, your dynamic place of refuge. And then the next week it's, you know, your hot and lovely tacos. I mean, you, you know, that's absurd, but it, that's literally how some people treat a slogo or a tagline. Like it has to be consistent. So one that comes to mind immediately is nationwide is on your side, right? Everybody knows the jingle. They've embedded that into your brain. You know, it off right. the top of your head nationwide is on your side, right? Yep. So, or flow from progressive flow from progressive. So, but mm. you, you want to know that slogan or that tagline that's associated with that company. Um, mm. Nike, just do it is their right. tagline. So you want to make sure that is your message that it's short, it's concise, it's brief, and it is um, powerful enough to connect with your user, your end user, your target market, and it is succinct enough to transmute through every level. Like if somebody saw a swoosh, the logo, the swoosh, they would identify that as Nike. If somebody Mm. saw on a t-shirt, just do it without a swoosh, they would bring that back to Nike. So that's what your tagline will do for you. So it's constantly reiterating that message that you're trying to put out there. Right. And and I want to say this point about about, about branding. Um, even if you rebranding, rebranding doesn't mean you have to do everything all over again. Sometimes it's just bringing a fresh face. If you look at what um, Adidas and uh, Chuck Taylors are doing right now, it's, it could be considered rebranding, but all they're doing is is changing their message for a different audience because it's a younger generation. And now you've got a generation that are now, quote, just now discovering a brand that's been around since forever, if you're in our age group. So, but the messaging of how they're delivering about shoes mm-hmm. and who's wearing those shoes, if you look at it now compared to what it was then, you know, you realize that when you when you're quote doing rebranding, that doesn't mean that you have to change everything. It's just your message and who your audience is has changed, and so you're shifting how you're communicating that to them. For sure. Um, the other is attributes. So where we talked about the consistency of your photos, like so, if you use a particular filter on your photos to create that brand image, you also need to use the same font. This is such a pet peeve of mine when I see entrepreneurs using 15 different fonts on one piece of collateral for marketing. It is mind boggling to me. You should have three at the most. Um, Two is good, but um, make sure all of the characters stay the same um, in the same fonts. In other words, the stylization of what that type looks like. Um, And that should translate from one piece to the next piece. So that means, you know, you're locked in. And that's not to say you can't change it, but think about like a Coca-Cola and that cursive V font that they use that has been since the conception of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah. And so then they vary it as they bring new product out, right? So Diet Coke has its own font because that's for that product, right? But the whole company, the Coca-Cola company's initial and continual 
font is that curvy um, font that they use. So just think about that as you're going to keep this consistent voice, this consistent tone. And since I'm speaking of consistent voice, even the words that you speak about your brand, what Mm -hmm. words are you using? Are you using more flowery words? So I used to work um, as a a gemologist. I used to be a a diamondologist and a gemologist. And I used to um, be the timepiece manager for this jewelry store. Well, when I was selling timepieces, which are are higher end watches, we call timepieces. So um, there was a very particular language that you speak to people who are divers, who are collectors, who are um, timepiece people. They're very logistical, very calculated, very engineering-like type of people versus switching that sale over to a more flowery, perfumey, a romantic, illustrious sale for your diamond people because now we're talking about love and anniversary and all of those things. So what words are you using to convey the message of your company. They're very important, way more important than you probably think they are. And I think, again, this boils down to um, having the right team of people. We talked about this in the first show um, of, of when you start thinking about a business and having uh, the right people on your success team. You have to have the right people on your team that know what they're talking about and not just trust just one person because one person doesn't have all the information. You need somebody who knows about marketing. You need somebody who knows about language. You need somebody who understands your audience, but also understands your product and can marry all of those different facets together because that is how you build your brand. So having the right people on your success team that can make everything make sense for you, that can build a cohesive message is important. Uh, let's talk about color, Dr. Hughes. Child. You mentioned it before. So let, I'm going to let you take the lead on that one. Go ahead and talk about some color, honey. Color. <laughs> there is a psychology to yes. the colors you choose. Um, colors, according to entrepreneur, color choices can create very different images. Um, for instance, the colors for a fast food place that caters to children is very different from that of a law firm. Um, right. So stay there. Law firm, if you saw a law firm with primary colors, you wouldn't trust those folks. Right. Because it would tell you psychologically that they're childish. They're going to be immature. They, you, you, you can't right. trust them to handle your business. They're not going to take you seriously. All of these things really go through your mind. And we don't realize how our minds play a huge key in our decision making when it comes to, in, to our buying power. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure the colors you choose is. Well, and. Not only um, conveying a childish, it's also proven that certain colors trigger hunger. Correct. So if you're doing a fast food restaurant, if you notice, so now you're going to notice every time you go to a fast food place, the sure. colors are yellow, red, yep. blue, white, in some Lots type of, of combination yeah. that they're going to use to trigger hunger. So you might not even be hungry, but because you're driving down the street and you pass by fill-in-the-blank fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. you're going to start to think, well, maybe I should stop in to get a bite because it's only a dollar. It's only $3. It's only $5 meal or whatever. And those colors are specifically designed for, for that versus, let's mm-hmm. say, a law firm you would want to use, if you ever notice, they use more robust, like dark uh, blues, golds, burgundies because Mm -hmm. they're trying to convey a sense of trust and a sense of authority in them Um, versus wellness places will use a certain palette of colors. So color is very important. Um, The psychology behind color and why people gravitate towards certain things is very important. It's been studied. If you haven't um, even researched this about your business before you choose colors for your business, please go research what colors actually represent in buying mind. Did you have anything else that you want to add to that? No, I think, um, you know, you just have to, and and again, it boils down to having the right people on your team. And if you're speaking to people, uh, especially whoever's doing your marketing and your logo, that, uh, 
especially when you're doing your logo, color should be a huge um, part of the discussion. I think so. Um, so look up, Google it, um, the psychology of colors in business um, so that you're able to understand what it is you're getting into um, a little bit more. Um, and so let's go on to talking about the differences to, um, excuse me, of um, how you're going to market and, and, and strategize the visibility of your brand for a product versus a service. Hmm. So let's talk about a product first. Um, some of the things that uh, I think are important um, for a product, because it is very different than a service, but not too different. Um, you have to do things like high visibility in stores. If you have a physical product, you don't want to be on the very, very top shelf or the very, very low shelf. You be but level. understanding, you want to be eye level, but understanding that um, you might not have the money to pay for those high visibility exactly. shelves. So <clears throat> display in your stores where the prominent store um, placement would be ideal, you might not have the finances because there are finances that go behind product placement in stores. But a, a great way to place your product in the eye of the consumer outside of the store would be to um, be a part of an activation Mm -hmm. where you might be in the store, right? And you might not be on a desired shelf, excuse me. And, but you can get with the management team and you can schedule a time where you have a table or a booth out in the store. I mean, you'll see this if you go to higher end grocery stores, well, they'll be sampling the wine or they'll be sampling the cheese or they'll be sampling. Even at Costco, you'll find this where they sample the food that they're trying to get off the shelves. So yeah. that's a great way to get that visibility um, within the store um, that your product is placed in. I would say also, depending on your product, do a pop-up shop. I've seen even in some um, high-end uh, stores where, um, again, you see, I've seen um where there have been people who have had a pop-up shop inside of a, of a store. Um, so a pop-up shop doesn't necessarily have to be outside or anything like that. So it's, it's about communicating with store management um, and doing any type of partnership, so to speak. So it really just really depends on what your product is. And where you're, again, what, who your customer audience or base is and leveraging your network of people um, to get next to who you need to get next to to be able to set up um, a pop-up shop. And, and I think pop-up up shops are also, um, you can have a raw space. Yeah. Um, I know on PeerSpace, um, it's an app that you can download where you can find different venue spaces. I know the um, fashion industry is doing this a lot now. They're not having traditional fashion shows. They're going to cathedrals and they're going to mansions. Oh, yeah. and they're going to all these amazing places. And you can do the same thing too. Um, PeerSpace is a great app to find that um, where you can have these different hosting sites, um, for your product pop-up shop. Um, and it can be for a season or it could be just for a day. Um, you see this a lot with the Halloween costume companies. Those are pop-up shops where one day it was a Halloween costume store for like two months out of the year. And then it's nothing for the rest of the time of the year, you know? So those are great examples of pop-up spots, um, pop-up shops. Um, and then you can sponsor events. Yep. If you have the money, um, you can sponsor an event. Um, sometimes you can be a gift bag sponsor. Sometimes you can be the, the main sponsor. Um, sometimes you can be the, um, they, like the t-shirt sponsor. So they'll have different levels of sponsorship that you can look into that whatever fits your marketing budget. Um, but being a sponsor is a good way to be visible because you'll get in front of a different um, audience that you may not have been able to get in front of before, especially when it's a collaborative event. So um, those are just a couple of things. We're going to finish up the segment um, and the show in the next 15 minutes. So we thank you for listening. Of course, today we're talking about how to build your brand visibility to build your business. And you're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. 
Alrighty, and we're back with Business in Black, uh, your weekly podcast talking about everything growing, building, starting, regenerating, re-improving your business. Um, I'm your host, Danita Harris, and uh, joined by co-host Latanya Hughes, and we've been having a good show today talking about how to build your brand visibility, of course, to improve your business. Uh, We left off talking about Um, how to build the product visibility. Um, And so some of these kind of overlap. So we're going to start talking about the service portion of it. Um, So traditional ads is one that they mentioned for the product, but I also believe it can be used for the service. Um, But traditional ads would be like your advertisements in magazines and in newspapers, that sort of thing. But The ultimate point for service is you want to get in front of your end user. Well, it's the same for your product, right? Right. Um, But you kind of don't know who your product person might be potentially. You know who you have in mind. So you could easily say like if it's lipstick or nail polish, then you could easily go into the beauty section. So if you are a service company and you want to use traditional ads and articles, then you want to get in front of your end user. So if you're um, a business coach, um, then you want to get in front of business people. So like Dr. Hughes does coaching for entrepreneurs and businesses Um, you can place an ad then in your traditional newspaper for um, in the business section is the best place that you would want to place that. If you're a gardener, you would be in the home section of the newspaper or a new, um, a magazine that's geared towards landscaping and whatnot. So that's how you want to position your traditional ads. Um, For both of them, of course, you need to leverage the web. Yes. Like you have to use that as part. Now be very clear. And we say this all the time. Social media is not the meat and potatoes of a marketing strategy. Right. But it is the side piece. It is the carrots. It's the, you know, the, the cauliflower, broccoli, whatever the side items are. So it is in a, it it is interval. Um, excuse me, not interval, but it is, um, Oh, I lost my brain thought there. But it is necessary. We'll use that word. That works. Uh, It is necessary as part of your marketing strategy, um, social media, leveraging the web in terms of um, being on podcasts like this. We've had on several different um, people, um, guests that are talking about their business and how they came about a business and how they do well in business. Also getting interviewed for um, articles um, online. So blog articles, those are all ways of leveraging the web and social media, writing your own articles right. because they allow you to build your own authority. So I, agree. I think uh, it's also uh, it, when it comes to service, it's all about the right partnerships. You have to have the right partnerships to know what to leverage and how. Um, even in um, writing your blogs and 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 um, you have to know well, especially if you're writing a blog or an article that's contributing to a different magazine or or website or what have you. Even if it's your or you know your own, you still want to make sure you're reaching your target audience. Now this now I want to point back to something I said about product that we talked about it with um, Diane von Fostenberg. The same thing can happen with a service. You may think your intended audience is one person. Mm-hmm. One thing, but as you go along, you may realize that okay, it's somebody else. Do you abandon your intended target audience? No, but you don't sacrifice the eighty percent right. to focus on twenty percent. Mm-hmm. You can still keep the twenty percent, but definitely don't ignore the eighty percent. That's your bread and butter, your meat and potatoes. Um, so you want to make sure you pay attention to that because if you notice that eighty percent is over here, like I realize that. Let me tell you something about social media. It's not the end all to be all. But if you use it, it will eventually tell you some statistics. And I, I've used enough, especially on Twitter. And I'm, your Twitter audience will not necessarily be the same as your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever, or LinkedIn or whatever your social media p- platforms are. I use multiple ones. And I realized that my Twitter analy- analytics 
are completely on the opposite end of the spectrum from both my Facebook and my Instagram and LinkedIn. Of course, LinkedIn is different because it's a little bit more professional. So what does that say? I need to tailor my, my, my Twitter, Twitter message to mm-hmm. that Twitter de- demographic. Why would I ignore 80% of people on Twitter that's actually following me and engaged with my posts mm-hmm. for tweets that I'm trying to capture? So what do I need to do as someone who's in service? I need to shift my Twitter message. And while we're on that, that subject of t- the message on Twitter versus the message on Instagram, I know they've made it very easy for us to share um, and just do one um, message and then shoot it across every platform, that's actually doing you a disservice because your Instagram is designed to hashtag. So I will hashtag the you know what out of my Instagram message. But for Twitter, hashtags don't work like that. One or two is enough. Um, it's more of an engaging conversation. It's more of a, you know, a connection with people. Um, it's not just a hashtag war like you could do on an Instagram. Right. Um, and, and on Instagram, it's really not. And, and it's certainly not the same on Facebook. So understanding that it's not just a click and go for every single outlet is important too, because you'll really do yourself a disservice if you just think that you can do one platform and then just shoot it across every other one, you really have to take time and, and present the right message for that particular market. Like Dr. Hughes says, they're different because it's a different type of application that are attracting different type of people. So keep that in mind as you're, as you're on the social media. Um, so be easy to find services. If you're a service, be easy to find, you know, um, do you do, commercials on TV? Do you do commercials on Facebook? Do you do um, jingles on the radio? Um, Be easy to find so that people can know where to locate you um, and have easy, I think like service companies, I think of um, Roto-Rooter and I think of the carpet cleaning company, like they have great jingles that you're, you know, if you're in a crunch, you're going to be like, what's the name of that jingle again? Right. And it brings it to memory. Yeah, there's new apps and stuff that you can use. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just learned about one that a colleague of mine has been using for like just to do little quick mini um, little video clips to get people to follow him on social media or to book appointments. And it's called Ripple, Mm -hmm. Mm R-I-P-L. I've been using that one. I had seen, uh, I'd seen it on um, just little sponsored ads here and there, but I just really hadn't had time to really look at it. And so, I took the time earlier this week to look at it and play around with it. And I still need to play around with it a little bit more um, to get a better understanding of it. But, you know, sometimes you just have to explore trial and error. Um, you know, there are other things out there that I do, you know, for to create actual commercials. And I kind of got excited about those things. So, um, you know, there are things out there that you as a service person can do. But one thing that will never take the place... Um, of anything is getting out there and getting involved and being active and touchable in your community. People need to see you. They need to yes. know you. They need to that. I mean, you can be online all you want. You can have an online presence, but if you're not doing anything in your community, you're not partnering, you're not networking. And when I say networking, I'm not talking about going around shoving your card in people's hands and walking ooh, away. I'm talking ooh. about Ooh. Literally having conversations with people, being intentional, following up. If you, I don't care if it's just sitting down having coffee and tea with someone to get to know them, to see if there's any synergy. If not, then guess what? You may not have synergy in business mm-hmm. together, but you may have a friendship and they may think about you and say, hey, you know what? I've got a referral for you. It makes a difference. You have to get out there, be visible and follow up and don't get frustrated with the process. Um, When you're in services, especially if you're in coaching and leadership like I am, it's even more difficult. You got to, what they say, you got to hustle. You have to get out there, um, be intentional, intentional, but follow up, follow up, follow up is the key. And sometimes it it can be frustrating because you want to follow up people and people don't answer, but that's okay. You keep moving. And eventually you figure out the people, you find the, the events to go to um, that is a good fit for you. And sometimes what's what you think is the right 
place is not the right place because here in South Florida, Broward is not the same as Miami-Dade, which is not the same mm-hmm. as Palm Beach mm-hmm. County. And even within those counties, every chamber is not the same. At all. And they have multiple chambers within the overall city. Yes. So you have to find, you know, what works for you. Exactly. Um, so some other ways to create brand, um, your own brand identity um, from a non- tangible, I'll say, standpoint would be create an exceptional service that you're giving people. Create a memorable service that you're giving people that they just remember, you know, I went and instead of pointing me to an aisle and telling me where it is, they walked me over, you know, and they greeted me a certain way. I know when I go to Chick-fil-A, they always say, you know, my pleasure, And that makes me feel a certain way. They knew exactly what they were doing because I say, oh, thank you so much. And they say, oh, it's my pleasure as opposed to your welcome. And that just sets a different tone. And so I love going through their drive through or in their, you know, in their stores and hearing that because it's such a differentiation um, amongst their competition that I just love. Um, Be your authentic self. Don't try and be like you. I'm going to bring out, you know, my favorite McDowell's from coming to America, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's got his whole cheat sheet from McDonald's, right? Trying to copy him. And, um, he wasn't being his authentic self. So don't try and be like your competition because it will backfire on you every single time. Be authentically who you are in business, which means you have to know why you're in business. Right. You're trying to reach. You have to do the who, what, where, when, why, and how's for your own business. Um, And it might cross over, but that's okay. But be you and be consistent in being you. Well, I think if you're not you, you cheat your customer. Yes. You really do. You, you're not giving them the value. And at the end of the day, you want to create value for your customer and you want them to feel appreciated. Well, how do you, how do, you do that if you're too busy trying to be a copycat? Because if you're busy copycatting, that means you're, you're constantly keeping your eyes on your competition and not your customer. Right. Am I saying not look at your competition? Absolutely not. You should know what they're doing, but they should not be your priority. Your customer is. And again, it boils down to who are you and why you're in business in the first place and building your brand because your brand should be your message. And that's how you create value for your customer, especially in a service because all like for me in my business, there's lots of coaches and, and people who do leadership and all that stuff. But, you know, what value am I bringing to the table? What differentiates me? And you have to know what differentiates you because there's so many people out there. And what works for one person doesn't work for another person. A lot of people will go do um, ICF, which is an international coaching foundation, um, and they want to get that certification. That's all well and good. I have a doctorate. Why do I need to go through all of that? And I've mm-hmm. talked to people who've been mm-hmm. in the industry, and they said, I've been coaching for 40 years, and I don't feel the need that I need that certification because I have mm-hmm. years of experience. Mm-hmm. I have a doctorate. I have the degree. I have all of these things. Why do I need that? So some people see value in things, and some people don't. It's okay. What works for one person won't work for the next person because there are people who have that ICF founded and they say certification, they say it's done wonders for them. Right. So it depends on not knocking it, by the way, just want to say that um, it's really, it's credible um, and it's, it's stringent, but you have to know what's right for you. And again, you don't want to focus on something that's going to be a shiny object that you're chasing down a rabbit hole. And again, taking you away from your business and, and really providing quality value for your customer. Yeah. Well, I hope you learned something this uh, show on how to build your brand a little bit more. Our time is up. Can you believe it? That went fast. Um, It was a really good show. I hope you'll listen to it a couple of different times and pull out all the meat of the show and um, start applying them to your business. Start um, really integrating some of the tips we've shared with you on your business. Be more aware of how other people are doing business so you can see their consistency throughout everything. I'm talking from A to Z, from the Ruta to the Tuta, all the way down. You have to build consistent messages from the receipt paper to the postcard that gets in your mailbox to every 
every ounce of it. Build a consistent brand. Right. To increase the visibility of your business and it will really help differentiate you from your competition. So thank you again for listening to us. Um, we're two women that just been doing business for a really long time and uh, hope to impart some truth and some uh, information to help your business grow. That's what Business in Black is about. You can reach us um, on all of our social media extensions. Business Intelligence Coach is my handle and Dr. Hughes, your handle is? Dr. LaTanya Hughes. Dr. LaTanya Hughes. There you go. Google us up. Look at us up. Uh, Connect with us wherever you can. Uh, Business in Black is a weekly podcast that we um, talk about everything from starting, growing, building, and excelling at your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.